I, I wasn't here last week, David and I, we were gone, and thank you for all those of you who said you missed me. It sure was a good thing that I didn't come back and you guys didn't realize I wasn't here. So I don't know, in case you didn't know where we were, we were in Pennsylvania. We'd never been to Pennsylvania, but we had a good reason to go. We went so that I could officiate the wedding of Keller and Alicia. They were actually in the first service with us this morning, sat right over here. And, and uh, so they were, they were back from their honeymoon and, and uh, got to do that, go to a state I've never been in. And um, let me tell you, on this trip, we had a lot of bad food, okay? Now, I said this with Keller and Alicia, two Pennsylvanians sitting here. It wasn't about Pennsylvania, okay? Here's just what, really what it was about. is because we took off early one morning to get there, and we just drove all the way, 13 hours, you know? And it, it's not, it wasn't supposed to be that long, according to Google, you know, but uh, it was that long. Part of that was because there was some construction here, there. There was a, I think there was an accident. Yeah, there was an accident at one place, and then there was a bunch of idiot drivers that um, did that come out of my mouth or did I just think that? Uh, in the left lane, you know, driving slow, you know, it does, there were a lot of those. And David can tell you that's one of my pet peeves too, okay, in case you, you missed my sermon from years ago about some of my pet peeves. And so it was 13 hours. And we were kicking it too. I mean, we were going into drive throughs grabbing some gas for the car, right back on the interstate and just kicking, kicking. 13 hours. So drive through what does that tell you? We had a lot of bad food on this trip. You know, the next day we had a, we had a sandwich, uh, you know, and, and getting ready for the, the wedding and all that, and, you know, and had, had, a, had finger foods that night. The next day we had another sandwich. Finally we get to the wedding, and the re wedding reception, and Keller's been building it up big to me. We had Mission Barbecue. I got home, I looked up. When I looked up the, the uh, web address, their, their, their site, because I wanted, I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to see if I could order some of that Tupelo barbecue sauce. And if I get some, I'll let you know, and maybe you can, you can enjoy some of it with me. But it was awesome. So we finally had a decent meal. And then we headed down to D.C., and that's where, after the wedding, we were going to spend a few days and just have a little bit of a, a, little bit of a vacation. And uh, so we went down to D.C., stayed just in Maryland, just across the way. So we, we heard in D.C. the next, next morning. We get over there. And, and uh, you know, we're just seeing sights and everything, and, and, and we're right in the middle of one of the Smithsonian museums, and Davis, Davis says, you know, she's hungry, and so we, we leave, and, and, you know, we're kind of in a hurry. We want to go find something, and so she has a very bad pretzel for lunch, and I have a very bad hot dog for lunch, you know. And so we, we, we take forever. The Metro has problems that night. It takes forever for us to get back to our, our, our hotel room, you know, and so we were going to get something, and we were just worn out. So we had another sandwich that night, go to our hotel room. So the next morning we get up, and we're, we're going to drive to Arlington. And so, but Kyle had texted me about a place he had eaten in Virginia, which is where Arlington is, just across, across the river from Washington, D.C. And so we had planned, since we're going to Arlington, we're going to be on that side of the river, we'll just go to Sweetwater and go to this, and it really looked good on, on the website, and when we got there, it even looked better, and the food was good. It was a, it was a great place to eat. That's not part of this story right here yet, okay? But because of this, we went to Arlington. So we were planning on doing that, and we we're going to go to Arlington, just do that while we're there. And then after Arlington Cemetery, we decided, what? Well, we're only a half hour from Mount Vernon. Let's go down and see George Washington's place. And so we thought, well, you're probably going to need a little something to tie us over. Do we get to Sweetwater? But I don't want to eat so much that I'm not going to enjoy Sweetwater, okay? So, so let, let's find a convenience store, get a little gas, you know, and I'll buy some chips. I think she was looking for corn nuts. 
Y'all don't know what those are. They're not worth looking for. Uh, but she was looking for some corn nuts, and I was looking for chips. And then she saw it. Okay, as we're coming up to the Highway 1 to turn on, to, to, to take us down toward Mount Vernon, Davis saw it. I don't know how she saw it. It was a quarter of a mile away. It was in the middle of all, this, all these buildings and, and, and traffic and other signs. And she said, she said oh, there, and she said, there it is. And, you know, and, and I'm looking for potato chips. But she says, there it is. She said, it's the red and green sign. I'm looking. I can't find it. But she said, I don't, I, I'm thinking maybe she is looking at something. And it looks like it is. But no, she says, is this the red and green sign? And so I turn and I head that way. And, and then I see it. And yeah, it is. And I think, oh, this, this has to be a God thing. You know, because we're on our way. You know, we could be anywhere right now. The GPS had already messed us up a couple of times, you know, made us take wrong turns. We could be anywhere. We weren't planning on being on our way to Mount Vernon. And there it was, right on our path, right on Highway 1, right between us and Mount Vernon. We had to go right by it. It was actually on the right side of the road. We didn't have to turn and go across traffic and any idiot drivers that were there either. I mean, we could just pull into the drive, uh, driveway and go through the drive through And as we did, oh, that sign of all signs was on hot now so now you know if you didn't catch where I was going that's where we were so we go into the drive-through and, and you know and this was you know we had some bad drive. this was a great drive-through because let me tell you you know I'm just getting a little too excited right here aren't I and as you pull in the drive when you're at the drive-through the Krispy Kreme it's okay to wait a few seconds, you know, because you know what they're doing. When you're waiting at the drive-thru, you know what they're doing. They're over there with your box, standing at the conveyor belt, taking the hot donuts right off the conveyor belt and putting them in. It's okay to wait for just a few minutes. You know, these aren't idiot drivers. These people know they're trained professionals at Krispy Kreme. They know what they're doing. And they brought me, the, they brought me my donuts with, with a chug of milk. And, and then, no, we didn't jump back on the, on the road. No, we pulled over into the parking lot. We had to park because I had to have have one actually I had two of those I had to have two of those right then and just just eating those and taking them in if you don't know it yet or not pastor had a religious experience at Krispy Kreme on his way to Mount Vernon Virginia that that day you know and David David said before we got there she said but but you, you said you wanted potato chips and I said but it's here you know and, and, and you know after all that bad food and of course it wasn't lunch but it was the greatest snack I could have ever imagined in my life, it was easy to stop and say, thank you, Jesus, for this food. You know what I mean? You know, it was easy to give thanks for that food. Okay, so that's kind of what Thanksgiving is. Thanksgiving, if you think about Thanksgiving, think of these words. Go, uh, go to my next slide. First slide, please. Thanksgiving, think gratitude or appreciation. God you believe it if you want to or not, okay? But God just put Krispy Kreme in our path, you know, or he put our path on Krispy Kreme or whatever, and I could just say, thank you, God. We've had so much bad food. I was about to eat a bag of potato chips just to get to Sweetwater. Thank you, God. You know, and it was easy for me to give thanks for the Krispy Kreme donuts that were laying in my lap, you know, at that time. But Thanksgiving is next month. I'm not preaching about Thanksgiving today. I guarantee you in the November sermon series, Thanksgiving will come up, okay? But today, we're not talking about Thanksgiving, all right? So another portion of our trip was, was, had already started taking place at this time also. We were in D.C. and going around D.C. And Arlington, like I said, we went to that, that morning. When we, we got to Arlington, one of the things we did is, is we timed it and, and worked out real well that we got to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier where we only had to wait just a few moments before the changing of the guard. 
Now, if you don't know what that is, I don't have time to tell you what that is. Google it, okay? You need to know about the changing of the guard at the, unknown, at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier in Arlington National Cemetery. If you forget all that, ask me after service. I'll tell you again, okay? But if you know about it, you're going to follow me a little bit better here. I was awed. I was so inspired by the lengths that we go to, we've gone to as a nation for all of these years to honor these fallen soldiers from war that we don't even know their names. And I was awed at this. And then, and then you know, going over to JFK's grave and that eternal flame, that that flame is burning all the time. It's been burning ever since he was interred there. You know, that, 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 that it, the lengths that we have gone to honor this man the Washington Monument. I, I, sna I probably snapped, other than, other than pictures of the Arlington Cemetery, I probably snapped more pictures of, of uh, the Washington Monument than because it was just, it was just inspiring, that, that, that just huge thing. And, and then you go down to Lincoln's Memorial and you're looking back at it there, the reflecting pool, and it was just awesome. And the Lincoln Memorial and that big, huge building, and, and I mean, Lincoln would barely fit in this room, you know, because of the ceiling. Uh, if he would, I think he would fit in this room, just barely, though. And the lengths that we have gone to honor, honor these men, and the, the Martin Luther King uh, Memorial that was there as well, and just uh, you know, on and on and on. All, all, all these things I've seen. And you know what? It was easy. It was easy to just say a, a word of praise right there to God and say, thank you, God, that you have, like the old song said, you have so graced this country with your mercy. You have shed your grace and your mercy and your glory on this country. You know, and, you know, and I can't think of, other than Israel, I, I, I haven't lived in any other country, but other than Israel, I can't think of a country that God has seemed to love more and, and to do more for than the United States of America. We are a blessed country. It was easy for me to praise God and say, God, what, what awesome things you have done and, and, and the relationship that you have had with this country. And that's what praise is. Praise is if you think honor and acknowledge, just to honor God and thank Him, acknowledge Him for those things that He's done like that. But I'm not talking about praise today either. I'm talking about worship. So let me give you a definition. Here's what worship is. Worship is the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration. So think reverence or respect. It's not because of something they did for you five minutes ago or just their overall you know, uh, giving nature or something. It's the respect. It's the reverence just because of who they are. Whether, whether God ever gives you anything ever again, just the respect and the reverence because of who he is. Not, not thanksgiving, not praise, but worship. Now, see, to me, these are three different, kind of three different uh, ways that we worship God and, and, and ways that we honor God, ways that we praise and thank Him. And, and, and maybe these three words, you know, maybe these aren't perfect. And maybe, maybe the, the way other people look at them, and, and, and maybe you may even look at these words and say, well, that's not an exact definition of what, well, okay, I, I, it's not about the word so much, but I just, wanna, I just want to take you into a place that, you know, where thanksgiving and, and you know, giving thanks to God is, is just like the beginning but it, we're supposed to grow, we're supposed to mature, we're supposed to get deeper in that. And, and that praise is deeper than, than the, at least the way I see it, is deeper than thanksgiving. And, and that worship is the deepest of all. 
And if you want to use different terms, that's okay, but I just want you to kind of get this. This is what I'm saying. It's like we, we should go deeper in that. Let me explain it to you another little different way. And this is, the way, this is where it all begins. Like, thanks begins in the belly, okay? In the belly. That's metaphorically speaking, it begins in the belly. Kind of like next month at Thanksgiving, you know? Is anybody going to eat Thanksgiving dinner? Next one. Anybody planning to do? Boy, just a few of you. Y'all invite me to your house for all. Oh, there's gonna be a lot of leftovers. The rest of you aren't. Everybody planning on eating Thanksgiving dinner? Is anybody planning on leaving the table hungry? No, no. You see, thanks is about appetite. Like when you go, oh, grandmother, that was an awesome. That was an awesome meal. You know, it's about the appetite was taken care of. The appetite was filled. You know, it was satisfied, you know. It's, that's, that's what it's, it's about appetites, okay. So that's that's kind of what, what thanks is. But, you know, or maybe not just eating, you know, not just the belly, but that was just kind of uh, metaphorically speaking. But, but maybe even like Christmas, you know, when, when, someone, when someone gives you a, a, a present, you know, and it's, it's not something that they just found on sale, you know, it's actually something they put a little, put a little thought into, you know, the, they got you something. That, Whoa, it's something I, I really did want this. Have you ever, you ever gotten so surprised, you know, like that you realize, oh, I just made everybody else that gave me a present feel bad because theirs was so horrible and, you know, made over this one, you know, it kind of a thing. And it's like, you, you're, you're thinking because, you know, it's kind of an appetite thing. Okay. And praise begins in the head. Okay, so, so somebody, you know, buys you a meal, you know, you can take me out, you know, and buy me coffee and say, thank you for, I uh, probably wouldn't say it because I don't drink coffee, but you know, I could say, thank you for buying me coffee. But you know, if you said, hey, Rick, let's go somewhere and sit down and eat and maybe have some, maybe just talk and have some sweet tea, then, you know, you'd be leaning a little bit more toward praise because you remember that I don't drink coffee, but I drink, drink sweet tea all the time, you know, or, or you get, don't give me a $25 gift card for Christmas, but you actually put some thought into it. Now, listen, I'll just go ahead and say this, okay? I am perfectly okay with anybody who wants to give me a $25 gift card to anything anywhere, all right? All right, but I'm saying, you know, instead of maybe a $25 gift card to Visa, you know, you pick $25 gift card to one of my favorite restaurants. You put some thought into that. You know, and so, you know, you took some time and you put some thought into that. And so, you know, I'm thinking about that. And that really was nice of you. So instead of just saying thank you and that being over, I'm really thinking about that. And I, I, want, I want to give you some praise. So praise is like it begins in the head. But worship begins in the soul. You know, worship begins way, well beyond, well beyond uh, just the appetites, or even the thoughts. Worship, worship is something that begins in the soul. T the next slide, if you will, for me. Um, look back and see who's there. Let me, so let me show you just a little bit differently, a, a little bit deeper maybe. Here's how worship differs from thanks. Worship doesn't satisfy your appetites. You know, when, when you're sitting there at Thanksgiving dinner, you know, and you take that and you say, oh, this was good, and you say, thank you, thank you, you know, because it satisfies your appetite. Worship doesn't do that. Worship, worship will never satisfy your appetite. That's not the purpose. Thanks is like getting your appetite satisfied. That's not what worship does. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, a Keller and Alicia were in first service, as I said. And I said, you know, they just had a seven-day honeymoon. They just got back yesterday. They've been together by, for seven days. They are probably sick and tired of one another by now, right? No, no. That's not what worship does. Worship does not satisfy your appetites, okay? Worship changes your appetites. 
You know, because here, here's what happens is, is, is you know, when, when we're young and, and when we're kids, you know, and we get a gift for Christmas, and it's like, oh, yes, 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 it's, it's everything I always wanted. And we get so excited about those things that we want. But then maybe mom and dad gets us something that we don't, it's something we might want, but it's really something we need, and that we're going to use, and 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 we're going to use, you know. And then you say, man, this was really a better gift. You see, we're supposed to grow up. We're not supposed to always just want the toys. We're supposed to begin to develop a maturity that makes us want the better things that we need for our life. Not just the stuff we want, but the things that we need. That we don't need to just be working a job for what we want. We need to be working a job for the things that we need. We don't just need to be working a job to make money to buy more toys. We need to be working a job to have more money so that we can actually provide for our family and the needs, right? And that's what worship does to us with God, is it doesn't, it doesn't fulfill those, those, those cheap, childlike uh, appetites, but it helps change our appetites. Worship doesn't satisfy your appetite. Worship intensifies your appetite for the subject of your worship. Oh, here, get this, get this, okay? Like Keller and Alicia. For seven days, that didn't satisfy, that intensified their appetite for one another. We're, we're, you're familiar with the term idol worship, right? And when, when you have an idol, you know, like someone who's a celebrity, maybe someone on TV and the movies or whatever, and, and, and you know, when people really have idol worship, you know, it, it's, it's, it's more than just that, right? It's, it's more, it's, it's not like, it's not like I, I, just, I just want to, uh, I, I just want to, uh, you know, be around them a little while. It's not that I, I just want to have my appetites. It, it, worship intensifies your appetite. Every time you spend time with God, it doesn't satisfy it where you're like, whew, that's all I can hold. It makes you want even more every time. Let me show you also how worship is different from praise. All right, read this and then we'll talk about it real quick. Worship doesn't just cause you to notice the good things about God. It causes you to want to imitate Him. You know, this, this thing of idol worship, is if you've got an idol, you think about someone that's got an idol, you know, they don't just, they don't just like that person. They want to be that person. They want to be like them. People change their appearance to be like their idol. People change the, the type of clothes that they wear or the things that they buy or the, the, even, even the way they talk, right? People will do that for someone that they idolize. Worship doesn't just cause us to say, wow, God's a good God. When you're really worshiping, you won't just say, wow, God's a good God. You'll say, God, I want to be just like you. You see, that's the difference in just thanksgiving and praise and worship. And, and you can use different words if you want to, but I'm talking about just, just, just this little bit of theology I'm giving to you here today is that it's so much deeper than just appetites or thoughts, but it's about relationships. So, so what is worship? Okay, so I've kind of told you a little bit about, okay, worship is deeper than these things, but let me tell you one thing worship isn't. I think I'll throw it at you this way is because, yeah, it's probably what a lot of people first think of when they think of worship. Worship is not a song you sing on Sunday. It isn't. That, that's not what worship is. Just singing a song is not worship. I, I read an article this week. I, I saw it a long time ago. And I'd saved it because I wanted to read it this week in preparation for this message. David Santistevon, I'm probably messing that last name up, I'm not sure exactly, but he was talking about worship and he said, a worship leader dependent on songs will breed a congregation dependent on songs. 
So he's talking about, you know, a worship leader who is dependent on songs to be their worship will breed a congregation who depends on songs to be their worship. But if our worship pastor, Jamie, if there is no worship in her soul all week long, there will be no worship on this stage. You know, and that, that doesn't just go for her, that goes for the team. If there is no worship in these guys and ladies that are on this stage, there's no worship in them and in their soul, there will be no worship when we sing the songs. Can we all say amen to that? You agree to that? But can we go a little further with that? Can, can I bring it home for you? <laughs> can, can, can we go to where we live? <laughs> okay. If there is no worship in my and your soul, in that other 163 hours we're going to have after we say the last amen and we leave this room, if there is no worship in our soul the rest of the week, then there will be no worship going on out here on Sunday morning in these first few hours. I mean, it's easy to point our fingers to the ones on the stage you're supposed to be leading, but if there's no worship going on in our, in our hearts and lives, there's really no worship going on. Oh, maybe there's some thanksgiving like because God was good to us this week. Maybe there's some praise because, you know, I realize God's a pretty good God, but there is no worship unless that relationship is really building. And we are, we are, we are working on it and living in it every single day of our life. So worship is not a song that we sing on Sunday. What is worship? Well, worship is, it, it, it can be a lot of things. Prayer can be worship. Reading your Bible can be worship. Uh, obedience is worship. Prayer is worship. I'll, I'll give you the scripture about two weeks, uh, three weeks ago when I preached on uh, uh, how to communicate with God and about prayer. And Jesus told his disciples, he said, when you pray, start like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Here's what he would say. He said, oh God, Father, you're so awesome. Even your name is holy. Even your name is, is hallowed. Even your name is, am even your name is amazing. You know, they, he was saying, just worship God and glorify him in that way. But it, and, and, and so we do that when we, when we open prayer like that. But, you know, just praying and asking God for things, even when you're asking God for things, is worship. And that's, that's why I put these three on this slide together, these three different things, because they all just kind of fit here together. You're following me about this. Because when you pray and you say, God, I've got a problem and I need you to show up, what are you saying? You were saying, God... You are my hope. You are my source. You are my strength. You are my ability. You are the one that can answer this for me. You're worshiping him. When you tell him, I've got a problem and I need you, you're worshiping him. When you go to the Bible and you're reading it and you need direction or you need instruction, you're worshiping him because you're saying, God, your word is the word of life. It gives me instruction. This is, these are the ways I can walk. These, these are the instructions I can follow after. These are the things, God. You're worshiping him by reading his word and, say, and putting confidence in his word. And obedience? Obedience, when, 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 when you're obeying him, what you're doing is you're saying, you know, I, I realize my way because we try our way all the time. And then when we get into a, pro, into a problem or trouble, then we try God's way for a little while until he gets us out of the trouble and we won't go back to our problem. But when we start really being obedient to God, what we are saying is, I know my way is not the best way, but your way is the best way. Obedience is worshiping him by telling him, I know your way is the best way, God. And so I want to be obedient. So prayer, reading your Bible and, 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 and obeying God, those things are worship. And giving is worship. And we didn't want to go there, did we? We didn't want to talk about giving, money, time. 
But this, here's a quote for you. This is my quote, okay? It's not David's or anybody else's. Here's my quote for you. If you want to know what you worship, look at your calendar and your bank statement. Because where you put your time and your money is what you worship. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, a paraphrase of what Jesus said, right? Because he said, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will, be, will also be. Wherever you put your time and your money, that's what you worship. That's where you're spending your time and your money. Uh, that, that's the place of your worship. What are you worshiping? Oh, I dare you. Go, go check it out. Look at your calendar this week and see, see what, it, what is it that you worship. I dare you. Look at your bank statement. Look at your checkbook or, or wherever it is you pay your bills and, and your, your PayPal account and, and find out. I dare you. Go look and find out what you worship. And when we begin to give to God time and, and our money, what we are saying is, God, I believe in your way. I believe in your will. I believe in your wisdom. I want your way, God. I want it to happen, and I want to volunteer to make it happen, God. I want to be involved. I want to be worried. I want to roll up my sleeves, you know. I want to be a part of, of, of your team, God, and, and I, want to, I want to support it financially. I want to fund it, God. I want to make sure that it's got the funding that it needs, God, because I believe in your way. It's worship to give your time. And your finances to God. And also serving others. Is that, is that right? Is that the next one? Serving others is worship. My next slide. Yes, sir. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Saying grace. Yeah, don't skip saying grace. Okay, a lot of people don't say grace. If you say grace over every meal today, you need to thank somebody. I don't know. Okay. A lot of people don't. But let me again, here, it's a progression. Because when, if you said grace when you were a kid, you probably did it something like just saying thanks. So around our house, we just kind of say, okay, who wants to tell Jesus thank you for the food? And that's basically what they pray because they're kids, okay? You know, that's what they get right now. So thanks is like saying, you are the provider of this meal. That's what it's saying. But it's worshiping God, you know? It's thanks, but it's, it's as much as a kid can do. But then praise is a little deeper than that. It's praise is like acknowledging the fact, and hopefully you've gotten to this place at least now, that, it, you know, it's like, hey, not God, you, you are the provider of all my meals. Not just the one today, you know. Uh, I, I didn't take time to pray over that snack I had last night, you know. And, and, you know, and since I prayed last time, you know, I slept and, you know, I didn't die. I'm breathing today and all that. So, you know, God, you're the provider of all these things. But worship is even deeper than that. Worship is about, because, here, see, here's, here's, here's what I see that happens during worship. Whereas thanks is like, God, thank you for this meal. Praise is like, God, thank you for all the meals. Worship is saying, God, you are the God of this moment and every moment, of this blessing and every blessing. Worship, worship is like, you know, I'm in, I'm in a hurry. I've got a 13-hour drive, and if I take any time here to pray over this, that's just more time. I, you know, I'm in a hurry, but you know what? I'm not in too much of a hurry to stop and say, God, you have been way too awesome to me. You are the God of this moment right now, and you have been the God of every moment of my life. You are the God of this blessing that I'm about to receive right now, and you are the God of every blessing that I have ever received. You are my provider. You are my solution. You are my answer. You are my instruction. You are my wisdom. You are my strength. You are my power. You are my help. You are my deliverer. You are everything in everything that I ever have need of. And so to start Stop for a moment when I'm about to fill my belly and my appetites and to just say, God, you are. And to say, and, and, and sometimes I do it, you know, I'm just, just 
just a little weird this way, but sometimes I, I just keep my eyes closed and just pray a little longer because maybe, maybe somebody else is watching me and they're getting a blessing out of me just taking some time to worship God before I fill my belly with a little bit of something. So saying grace is worship too and serving others. That's my next one, right? Serving others is worship. Jesus said this. He said in the, at the end, he said when, when, when we're all standing before God and he judges us, he says the king. This, this is not a parable. This is not where a lot of times he said the kingdom of heaven is like this. No, he said, he said this is what's going to happen. Is, is God's going to say this. And he said the king is going to say when you did something by serving somebody else, you were serving me. You see, when I, when I have a picture of, uh, of worshiping a king, I, I have a picture of people, you know, bowing, you know, genuflecting, maybe going down to a knee, maybe both knees, or, or maybe down on their face. That's what I picture when I see somebody worshiping a king. But our king, God, you know what he says? He says, you know, what I really want is I want you to serve somebody else because when you serve them, you're serving me. So worship is serving someone else, and worship is sharing our faith, right? Is that my next one? Sharing our faith is worship. Because when you tell somebody about God, you're worshiping him. You're lifting them, you're lifting him up in their eyes. You're telling them how you feel about God. You're telling them why you have a, a, a peace, even when it seems like the world is falling apart all around you. You're telling them why you have strength. You're telling them uh, how you pray and how God shows up and answers. You're, you're, you're worshiping whenever you share your faith. And living the awesome life that God dreams for you is worship also. God gets no glory out of broken marriages. God gets no glory out of bankrupt Christians. God gets no glory out of us falling constantly in the same temptations and addictions day after day, week after week, or month after month. God gets no glory in you not living the awesome dream life. And I'm not talking about a Trump or a Kardashian life. That's not what I'm talking But I'm talking about the awesome life he dreams you would have. He doesn't get any glory out of you living a bad. He gets glory. You worship him when you live that awesome life that he has dreamed for you. When you're, having, you're, you're building a great marriage, that's worshiping God. When you're raising great kids who love you, that's worshiping God. When, when you are honoring God in your finances and then he's helping you and taking care of you, that's worshiping God. You know, when, when you're pulling it all together, and, and listen, it's not just about this message or, and, all, and all the things I've said so far this morning. It's not about just that, but it's, it's about all these messages in the How To Sermon series. It's about all of those, that when you start pulling it all together and living this life, you know, that where worship is not just what we sing on Sunday morning, that, that, you know, that prayer is not something we do just three times a day over our meals and say amen and we quit for the day, but we pull all this together and we really start living this awesome life that God dreams. That's worship before God. And Romans chapter 12 verse 1, I think, says it this way. I, th I think that's what it's saying. It's saying, it's so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let your bodies be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Worship is not what we say or what we do or where we go, but if there's worship in your soul, it's coming out of your mouth sometime. 
If there is worship in your soul, it's coming out of your hands somewhere, some way. If there is worship in your soul, it's coming out of your feet some way. And this, he says, is truly what worship is. It truly is. Now, I, now I, left, I left one thing out, didn't I? I mentioned it a little earlier, but I didn't really talk about it. I didn't really say, then I know, so let me throw it out here. And there's, I got another reason to throw it out here. Is singing is also where it can be. Singing, singing isn't always worship, but singing can be worship. And one of the reasons to tell you that is because in just a moment, we're going to come to the front and we're going to sing a last song. If you're a first-time attender, you're not a regular here, we like to close around front with a final prayer and a final song. And uh, we'd love to have you join us if you feel comfortable. And here's, here's the reason we do that is um, growing up all of my life, you know, it just seemed like you know, the pastor would preach so passionately, and I would be moved, and then we'd have a 30-second prayer. Man, if he prayed for an hour at the end of the service, at the end of the service, or, I'm, not an hour, I'm sorry, if he prayed a minute at the end or two minutes, people thought, man, that was a long prayer or whatever. But, you know, it's like the passion, and then all of a sudden a little short prayer, and then when it's over, you know, all of a, immediately somebody wants to talk about the football game yesterday, right? And I'm thinking, well, wait, wait, wait a minute, there was, some, there was some important stuff that God was saying to me in that sermon. The Holy Spirit was impressing me, and I, I was feeling passionate about something. Uh, yeah, what about that ball game? And to lose that. And that's one of the reasons we like to close around front with the final song and prayers. We want to take some time to respond to God. You see, because we're going to sing a last song, but singing is only worship if what? If it begins where? In the soul. So I tell you that before we come to the front today because some of you have been coming to the front with me and closing out messages for, man, eight years and a little bit longer since we launched 2911. But I want you to prepare this one. I want you to come. I want you to, right now, I don't want you to come just with your voice. I want you to come with the worship in your heart. Not just because of how good he's been to you this week, but he has been good to you this week. You're still blessed. And not just because he's given you an awesome life to them, but because of the relationship you have with him. Maybe it's not what it needs to be, but that can begin today. That can begin today. You can, you can change things today. If you, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, let it begin right now. The Word of God says it's real simple. To follow him, it's just real simple. All you have to do is believe in your heart that he is who he says he is. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and then confess it with your mouth. Tell somebody. You can tell me with a text. You can write a note and drop it in an offering bag back there. You can come tell me after the service or something. Just tell me, I believe Jesus is exactly who he says he is. That's what it, the Bible says it takes to become a child of God, is you believe Jesus is the Savior of the world who died for your sins and washed those sins away. And you can begin worship today. You can begin worship today. Even if you're not a Christian, you've probably thanked God for things in your past, maybe even praised Him and honored and respected. But you can begin to worship Him today, build a relationship with Him today just by believing He's exactly who He says He is.